there's been some top-notch cat photos still. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not that great at, at as a cat photographer. It's a skill that I'm always still learning. Oh, you know, it depends on the cat. I have my, a very photogenic cat. My, my you cat do have a is very photogenic cat. My cat, in my opinion, my cat is photogenic. But my cat has a sense where when the camera, she knows when the camera's pointed at her, <laughs> and that's why when the camera's pointed at her. She'll immediately turn her head or, like, change positions. <laughs> She'll be in, like, the most adorable pose. And I'll be like, oh, this is going to be so great for Instagram. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, you know what the solution is? Uh, instead of taking pictures of your cat, draw a comic about. Ooh, well, I did do that. So that was a rather obvious segue to what we're talking about this episode. <laughs> Nina, what's our book? Our book is Jinju Ito's Cat Diary, Yonan Mu. So I'm Nina Matsumoto. I chose this book. And my question for you is, can you tell me about a moment when you were terrified of a cat? Or have you known any cats that have terrified you? Huh. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm Jeff Ellis. And... I've actually had uh, multiple encounters with scary cats. So the first such incident was when I was uh, at TCAF. I would stay with my friend who lived in the college district, and she had a cat named Maynard. And I met Maynard before, and things like seemed okay, but Maynard was getting older and grumpier. And so this was, I think, my second or third visit. And I guess, like, Maynard didn't like me being out unattended. Like, so I would, because I had to get up and go to TCAF, but my friend, she got to just sleep in. Mm. And so, like, I would be up in the kitchen moving around, and he did, this cat did not like this, <laughs> and was making that known with sounds. And then, like, I had been told previously that, like, oh, yeah, Maynard, sometimes he'll scratch, and he scratched someone hard enough that he had to get sutures. Oh, my God. So, like, that was my intro, like preamble to this cat. <laughs> and so then the, I, I had to go to TCAF, and the cat was standing on the stairs, like, looking at me. And I was kind of like, okay, cat, I got to go. And the cat was just like, Wah. and, like, I was like, well, I, I'm just going to go. And I, like, tried to jump like past the cat really quickly and the cat totally like swiped at me but I was wearing jeans so it just kind of like scratched my leg but didn't break through the fabric and it made a noise and then my friend's roommate came out and was like oh my god are you okay like did do you need sutures basically <laughs> and I was like no it's fine like I, I'm good I made it to the top of the stairs and she's and she grabbed the cat and she's like I'm so sorry like and I was like, oh, it's okay. I'm going to go to TCAF now. And and so then, like, after that, I was just like, yeah, can you, uh, to, like, Sunday, can you just make sure Maynard's, like, in your bedroom and not just <laughs> loose when I get up in the morning? And then the next time I went to TCAF, I was actually, like, coming in late. And so I was like, can you, can your boyfriend maybe stay up and, like, be a presence so that I don't come into the house alone with your cat? <laughs> and, like... 
Since then, I've been staying at hotels. The timing hasn't worked out. Like, I think I'm still welcome to stay at this house, but, like, uh, Maynard the cat does not like me. And so, uh, yeah, it's been a real problem. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Chrissy, if you're embarrassed about me calling out your cat. <laughs> Some cats need to be called out. <laughs> uh, I'm Jam. I love cats. So there's never <laughs> been a cat that I've been afraid of, but a lot of people were afraid of my first cat. Her name was Clara, and she was a Russian blue, and she didn't really like people that much. So she was kind of aloof, but, you know, she was a cat. She was just a cat. The problem came when you needed to take her to the vet. She was not a fan of, and there was a lot of elaborate preparation to get the cat contained and, like, in a carrier. Uh, And we lived in Montreal at the time, and my mom eventually figured out that she could wear these giant, thick, thick, like, hockey gloves, practically, to, like, catch the cat. And just hold it because the cat was having none of it, right? And so she would take her to the vet and, like, they'd be like, uh, you could probably take your gloves off. And she's like, yeah, sure, hold her. (laughs) (laughs) So it generally didn't go too well. (laughs) All right. uh, I'm Jonathan. I don't have any scary cat stories. My cat's great. Uh, (laughs) Yes. uh, But, I mean, she's also... This is my first cat, and she's young, and I don't know what she's going to be like when she's old. But uh, she does get very annoying sometimes in the middle of the night when I don't know what her deal is with her schedule, what she thinks her schedule should be, but she'll sleep most of the day and sleep most of the night, but then certain parts of the night she's just like, nope, okay, this is awake time, I'm going to be awake, I'm going to be playing, you better be ready for this. Uh, And so she'll like... She has, like, her favorite toy is a little kind of fluff ball thing. And, and she is quite happy to play by herself with this um, next to my bed, like, <laughs> tossing it down behind uh, a shelf and then going and getting it and bringing it back up, like, over and over and over again. And sometimes she'll do that while I'm trying to sleep in that bed. <laughs> and so I, last week I had to get myself uh, a spray bottle for water, which I haven't had to do until now. But I'm like, no, I need some kind of tools that I can chase her away when I'm trying to sleep without me having to get up. Because if I get up, then clearly it's time for food. Mm. So that's my new strategy. So that's not really a scary cat story. It's an annoying cat story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So even though I draw Sparks, which is about two cats, I'm not a cat person at all. I'm definitely a dog person. And for the longest time, like, I didn't like being around cats because I felt like they didn't like me. Probably they could sense that I wasn't into them either. But my previous relationship, I uh, lived with a guy who had a cat, and he was pretty cool. So I, I warmed up to cats a lot, you know, learning their body language and, and how they're like. I know not all cats are the same, but this cat, uh, Big Mac, he was pretty cool. Except at night, uh, he, he stopped this eventually as he got older. At night, he would just, like jump up and swipe at your toes while you're trying to sleep. <laughs> you jump up and then like, go under the covers to get at your toes. <laughs> and that was terrifying. <laughs> suddenly you're trying to sleep and suddenly something is scratching at your toes and those are sharp claws too. And also, like, as soon as you open a bag of chips, he just turns into a monster. Like, 
he can sense a bag of chips being opened from anywhere. He'd just come running at you. And then as you're trying to bring up a chip to your mouth, he would just swipe at it <laughs> and bat it out of your hands, usually with claws, and then try to steal it and run away. <laughs> so he, I wasn't scared of him. Like, I've never been afraid of cats, but... You know, being attacked at night is not fun, and it's not nice being attacked uh, when you're just trying to enjoy a nice snack either. <laughs> so I, I relate to to Jinju Ito heavily in this manga. <laughs> it's a pretty big departure from Jinju Ito's usual works, although he keeps the same style he uses in his horror stuff, and it's a auto kind of an autobiographical comic about his wife, fiance in the book and her love of cats, and him being more of a dog person, finding them very intimidating. So it's about his, his life with his, um, his partner, just adjusting to that new lifestyle. He calls himself Jae-kun and his wife Aiko in the story, but it's all very obviously them. <laughs> and they're just engaged at the start of the story. They've just moved into a house. And she adopts two cats, Yon and Moo. And he, um, he's super afraid of Yon especially because he has a haunted face and um, a very distinctive <laughs> pattern on his back that looks like a skull shape. <laughs> and there, there are photos of the cats in the book, too, which are very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you look at the photos, you can really see the, uh, the skull uh, on the cat. It's pretty distinctive. It's like that mask from Scream. Yeah. Though I will say, I will say though, like, though I can see the, the face in the photos... I definitely feel like he really emphasizes it in the drawing. Oh, like, for sure. <laughs> it's just like completely like a, a crisp, exact like ghost face on the cat's back. <laughs> Where like in the photos, you're like, well, I guess from that angle, it kind of looks like a face. <laughs> so when I was asked to be on this podcast, I actually chose this book first. But, uh, you know, you kind of need some context of Junji Ito's usual stuff, which is why we did Uzumaki first and then moved on to Cat Diary. And even though it's uh, about two cats, uh, he still... I'm sorry, I'm looking at the pages right now. Yeah. um, He makes him look so creepy. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he makes himself look creepy, too. And his wife, too. Yeah. (laughs) And it's great because somehow he's able to make this autobiographical comic about something that's actually very mundane and something people can relate to but still does it in his signature style and still does these like really weird visceral uh, detailed drawings with all the hatching and like exaggerated faces and poses and uh, he really makes everything look ghoulish yeah. but it's still a very heartwarming story <laughs> is there I guess there's not that much to say about the plot he moves in with Aiko that they're yeah. Yeah. yeah he moves in with Aiko and she's got cats and then he has to Learn about these cats, and eventually he likes them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just he just learns to like cats, and now like if you watch the episode of Man Bun with him in it, he, there's just like tons of cats everywhere. <laughs> like the whole interview, like in a studio, I think. It's such oh, wow. a happy ending story, you know. It's <laughs> like I know a lot of people who don't like cats, and they refuse, and they. So it's like. I'm sure it's edited for brevity, but mm-hmm. the fact that he was able to come around and like start to live with these cats and appreciate them, that made me really happy. <laughs> yeah. I would actually say like re- reading this and this again, this is actually funny enough, this is the first Jinji Ito I read and someone was saying, "Oh, he wrote this comic about cats." So I started with <laughs> this and then I read Uzumaki. <laughs> but uh I I really felt like this was a very realistic 
yeah, like kind of a, a very relatable story about being introduced to life with a cat. And like, I never grew up with any substantial pets. Um, the biggest pet I had in my house as a teenager was a pet rat. And when I moved in with someone, she had a cat. And eventually we thought it would be fun to have a second cat. And so we went to the SPCA and I picked out this like kitten that just like immediately nuzzled its face like under my chin. And like, it was like love at first nuzzle. And I still have this cat, India the cat. And so I got to like experience like how to, yeah, like bring a cat home, how to get it accustomed to scent, how to get it like accustomed to its litter box and how to kind of sort of essentially like the, the things you have to do to adjust to cat living. And the the opening here where they're like tacking up like the plastic wrap to protect the walls <laughs> and like all the like compromises to their life that they that are made and like how Jinji Ito is very like oh like I wanted nice pristine walls but now I live in a place with plastic wrap on everything that, um, that's one thing I couldn't stand when I live with a cat <laughs> I realized you can't have nice things anymore well, yeah and that's that's what I related to is like reading this it kind of reminded me like that I had this whole kind of change in my life where like I used to be someone that put little trinkets out on the table and I had all these little precious things and and like you know you'd have all the doors closed and it's like when I moved into my apartment uh, eventually I, I things didn't work out with the other person so me and Indy moved into my apartment and like I had to like eventually I had to accept that like there can be no closed doors in the apartment or my cat will like scratch at them yeah. and make noise. <laughs> like I can't go to bed with the door closed unless I have guests over. I can't close the bathroom door. Like yeah. I like can't leave things like little shiny things like out unattended. I can't have a Christmas tree. Like there's all these like adjustments that I make and it's all like normal to me, but reading this book kind of was like reminded me like, oh, I used to live a different way. I used to have a different life and then I got a cat and now I live this other life. I live a cat life now. Yeah. I used to have a cat that couldn't stand that, that could not handle closed doors. And this cat was also kind of dumb. And so there was this sliding door that if you closed it, you could still go around it entirely. But the cat would freak out and, like, would not leave you alone until you open the sliding door. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So what, what I like about these little stories he tells in Cat Diary is uh, he uses a lot of the, the tropes he has in his usual stuff in here. A lot of, like, uh, obsession and, like, p like, things possessing other people. Like, I think it seems like his wife also almost becomes possessed by cats <laughs> by owning them. Yeah. Well, there's a panel where she turns into a cat at one point. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> That's like a, uh, a common um, Japanese horror thing where like oh. a woman becomes possessed by cats. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite scenes actually is one that revealed to me what it must be like at like a very high level of what it must be like to be Junji Ito is he was standing in like the bathroom I think and then out of the corner of his eye he saw something and he's like ah oh, it's a ghoul or a demon right and then you see it fully rendered as like a demon and then he looks more closely and it's just yawn you know? <laughs> and, like, yeah when I live with a cat I kept mistaking objects as a cat yeah, oh, yeah. no I find I do that too because I'm always like peripherally aware of where is my cat what is my cat doing if there's like an object that's kind of cat shaped and it's not where it normally is, then I, my eye is drawn to that. There must be the cat. Oh, it's not the cat. <laughs> <laughs> but it also 
kind of made things less scary at night too. Because huh. if you're living by yourself, you got no pets, you hear you know weird creaking or you know noises at night. You're like, what's that? What was that? <laughs> but if you have pets, it's like, oh, that's probably just a cat because <laughs> 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 they're always creeping around. This, that reminds me of uh, when me and my friends watch Paranormal Activity, <laughs> and like one of the initial sort of scares is like the wife puts her keys down on the counter and she walks away, and then when no one's around, the keys like fly off the table and land on the ground and then my friend's like well these people don't have a cat (laughs) (laughs) if they had a cat this would just be normal life (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly I loved the scene where he was sleeping and his fiance had the cats with her and he went through like he had this like intense jealousy of like why isn't the cat sleeping with me? <laughs> so he went through all these elaborate tricks to try and get the cat over to him, which is my experience with every cat ever. But, like I'm that person at the party who's like, when can I see the cat? And like the cat is sitting with someone else. I'm so jealous. I want the cat to sit with me. I love that cat. Oh, but that's see that's the trick is like <laughs> you have, you have to, to not, not care. It. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> if you really want a cat to like get really affectionate with you have a severe cat allergy that's yeah. definitely that cat will just like crawl inside your shirt right? <laughs> apparently his wife didn't appreciate how she was being depicted in this comic I could see that yeah, she's so creepy looking she's got no pupils she's dressed weirdly and then like the solution was to get these teeny tiny creepier pupils yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good compromise, I guess. I, I, well, liked... I mean, to be fair, he draws everything creepy. He draws himself creepy, too. So <laughs> It's a very good self-portrait. It looks exactly <laughs> like him. <laughs> I, I, did, uh, I did like that in between the chapters, he had his, like, question and answer. And in one of the questions, they were like, how does your wife feel about the way you draw her? And he's like, well, she doesn't really like that she doesn't have pupils. <laughs> she hates that I make her wear stripey socks. And... Or no, she was missing the striped pants. The pants were essential. Oh, oh that was it. Yeah. yeah. I gotta say, <laughs> no, like, I, I don't like drawing, having to draw my friends in my comics, which is why when I do autobiographical comics, I draw everyone as animals that don't actually look like who they are, who they are supposed to be because I'm afraid of offending people. Yeah, it's a great life hack if you are not a very good caricaturist. Yeah. Like, despite, like, doing autobio for 11 years, I'm a terrible caricaturist. Or, and so people are always like, draw me, and I'm like, oh, it's not good. Well, even if you're good at drawing a likeness, you might end up offending the person because mm. what if they don't like the way they look? And, you know, like, I've been through that too where uh, I saw someone draw me and I was like, do I really look like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, like, I don't know, like, have you ever had an experience having to draw your partner in, in a comic and being very, like, cautious about it? Luckily, my partner is very resilient somehow. Like, to be drawing him over and over and over again. <laughs> I'm, I, I think I just, like, uh, I guess I just live dangerously because, like, <laughs> every December I make a Christmas comic and people I know show up in it and... I don't, I think what I, the trick is, is I think I don't often like specifically name who I'm drawing in the panels. And sometimes I just draw panels and then people will be like, oh, it's me. I'm in the background. I'm like, mm. yes, sure. <laughs> it's you. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, but uh, I think as far as like drawing your partner, like I, me and Jen did a bunch of comics about my cat and she is in some of them. And so like she got, I guess, final final cut on like the art before it went out to the the world so i did not yeah. give my partner the same <laughs> 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 
Yeah, no, I've never had to do that. <laughs> That's right, Jeff. You draw a bunch of comics about your own cat. Yeah. <laughs> Have you thought about doing a horror slant? Uh, <laughs> My cat is uh, more ridiculous than terrifying. <laughs> I mean, Yon is pretty ridiculous, too. Like, the face when he's sleeping. <laughs> yeah. And he sucks on uh, their fingers. Oh, that's so cute. Well, it, no, no, do no. Do cats actually do that? Sucks Some on, do, yeah. Sucks on uh, the, the girlfriend's fingers, never Jinji Ito's <laughs> right, fingers. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of complex about in the, it. In the end, he finally gets that luxury. Um, there was a, it was interesting. There was a lot of things that they let their cats do that I don't let my cat do. I don't want my cat to bite me. She's try- constantly trying to bite me, like little nips. And I'm sure she means it in a friendly way, but like, no, no, you're not smart enough to not draw blood. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that panel where he's petting his cat, and then suddenly the cat just bites his hand. That's a very, uh, that's a very common image from this comic I see online, because mm-hmm. it's so well drawn. You can just feel that cat bite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that right there. I, I like how you can tell he... Um, he does slowly become more attached to these cats, and then as he becomes more attached in the story, he draws them cuter, I think. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, Jan was super, super creepy at the beginning, <laughs> but you can tell by the end, like, he even has, like, a lot of affection for Jan, and even with the same face, the same realistic kind of face, there's a, a warmth there. I wonder if that's what he was trying to go for, hmm. or if it just kind of naturally happened. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's a master of being able to add that little bit of creepiness. So if he's not putting it in, I think it's clearly intentional. Like the way Yon stretches out whenever he does that, I <laughs> <laughs> just love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cats are liquid. Oh, and I love the part where he went to such great lengths to not hurt the cats with the wheels of his chair or something. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I have to right. That's smart. create that these, smart solution. yeah. these solutions. You know what? That is terrifying when you're, you know your pets are right by your chair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't yeah. want to forget that they're there. Oh. That affects the way I sleep. I like, I'm cautious about rolling over in bed if I know there's a pretty good chance there's a cat going to be there. Yeah. yeah. So I have to like be awake enough that I can sense my surroundings, but then not too awake because then it means it's time for food. Mm. Yeah, there's that terrible, terrible feeling that you get in the pit of your stomach when you've stepped on your cat's tail. Yeah. <laughs> the noise Ooh. that they make, uh-huh. and you're like, yeah. oh my god, I'm so sorry. Because they don't understand the right. difference between an accident and on purpose. Yeah, my yeah, my cat is pretty good at putting her body <laughs> directly under the spot where I'm about to put my foot. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> and he's a tuxedo cat, so you should be glad there's at least some white parts yes. you can see of him. I can't imagine owning an all-black cat. I, I'd just be afraid of stepping on it all the time. Yeah. No, st- tuxi- I endorse tuxedo cats. Tuxedo Me too. Tuxedo cats are pretty great. Yeah, the, the cat my previous partner had also had a tuxedo cat. But when I first started living with him, he was like, I can tell you've never lived in a place with a cat before because you're just like trudging around and not watching where you're, <laughs> you're walking. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were a few times where I came close to stepping on him. <laughs> But yeah, you do really do have to like change your lifestyle when living with a cat. And I've never lived with two cats before. Have mm. Have you guys ever? Um, I've known people who have. It seems like it's a good idea because then the cats can entertain each other. You don't have to worry so much about leaving them for long stretches of time. You know, uh, so I had two cats. Uh, I had a senior cat and my kitten, India. And they got on fine, but person I was living with was like a very knowledgeable about cats and so like there was a whole procedure in introducing these cats like so I want to just make sure our listeners understand you don't just buy a second cat and throw it in the room with your other cat 
Uh, because apparently if they have a bad first impression, that's it. Huh. That cat is going to remember that it hates that other cat for the rest of its life. So you have to make sure your cats have a really good first first impression of each other. And so when I brought my kitten home, I had to put Indy in the bathroom and lock her up. And then what we did is she stayed there for a few days. And then we did a scent swap where we swapped blankets. Mm. And so then we used the senior cat's blanket in the bathroom and Indy's blanket went out. And so then the cats were like smelling like, oh, there's a, another cat around here somewhere. I don't know how I feel about that. And then we did like a visual uh, introduction with a fence between them so that there could be no swatting. And then since that went well, then we did like a visual with no fence. And then we finally like let the two cats actually come up and like smell each other directly. And then we were golden. But like it was a whole thing. It took like uh, a week and a half to like inter- inter- in- like get these two cats together. But, you know, like I will say, like I've often talked about getting a second cat now because my cat always seems so painfully lonely when I'm out and I'll come home and I'll hear her at the door like it makes me sad but anytime I've talked about getting another cat the vet has dissuaded me other people that have Mm. owned two cats have dissuaded me they've assured me that like cats just avoid each other that Mm. like the loneliness doesn't go away Uh, my friend his parents had two cats and they were like, oh, they keep each other company. But then they like started paying attention to like how the cats behaved and they had a two story house and like one cat lived on the second floor and one cat lived on the second floor. And when the, the upstairs cat passed away, the downstairs cat started hanging around in the upstairs. So it had just never gone upstairs because that was the territory of the first cat. Yeah. No, like I think it's an important (laughs) thing to know that if you have two cats of different ages that even if you go through this careful procedure which I recommend uh, there's no guarantee that the cats will like each other and that's a risk it's better I think if they're sibling cats Mm. they're raised as kittens together Mm -hmm. then you can see a bit more closeness yeah like I don't think my cat my cat doesn't like other cats so that's never going to happen for me like one cat that's (laughs) it yeah so you're all cat lovers. Did the end of the book affect you? Oh, my God, I cried. It's pretty sad. <laughs> I yeah. cried. I was yeah. so sad. No one warned me. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I, I was actually, I was a little bit mad because I almost felt like he had made this manga and then the cat died. And he's like, well, I guess I should talk about that. And kind of like put together this one, one page that they added at the end. Like, oh, and by the way, Yawn died. And it's like, oh, my God, like. Yeah, that's you seems, can't just mm. do that in one page. You need to like give me like <laughs> too much I need like five pages. <laughs> I need to see the ugly picture of Junji Ito hatched with like the tears coming out of his eyes. Like it was a jump scare at the end. <laughs> it was a jump scare. Oh, it was so sad. jump sad. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And in the digital edition, they had a an extra story where it was like a little bit after Yana died Aww. and like. There was an earthquake, and they were like, oh, isn't it good that Jan wasn't scared of the earthquake? Oh, oh my yeah. God. Really yeah, the little afterward by his uh, wife. Yeah. yeah. No, that, I, I think they should have left that out, actually. Really? <laughs> sure. I mean, I know it's autobio, and there's, like, this feeling you have to be authentic and tell the whole story, but, I mean, it, I'm never going to meet Junji Ito in person. I don't, I'm never going to meet these cats, so, like... He could leave that part out, and I would never be the wiser. Yeah, the cat lived forever. I think he didn't want people to keep asking, like, oh, so where is Yon now? Okay, Mm. that's understandable. I think he wanted to prevent that. Right. Well, that makes sense. Uh, After reading this, like, I've read this a bunch of times. Reading this again, I now want uh, the same thing, but about his children. 
<laughs> the two creepy little children he's raising. I think that'd be great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe it's a little too private for him, but... Yeah. Well, if, if you do it, like, when they're old enough that they can say what should be left out and what yeah. should be left in... The, the horror Yeah. Of you can see his horrific, distended face as he's grinning as his uh, child, like, <laughs> takes its first step or something. <laughs> Got some true body horror in his pregnancy and childbirth. Mm. All right, so would you recommend this book? I super would, broadly. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think even if I think if you're a cat person or not a cat person, I think <laughs> if you don't like cats, there's enough material here that you can be like, see, this is why I hate them. But if you like cats, there's enough material here you can be like, see, this is why cats are great. <laughs> <laughs> but would you say uh, people should read his other stuff first? A- at least like a short story. I, I don't think so. No? Like I, I read this one before Uzumaki, and like I knew he was a horror writer, so I think that context helps. But I don't think I had to have actually read his other stuff. I mean. He, in order to get that part of it. I think I would at least say that you should read both. You should read mm. one of his, like, typical stories and then read uh, Cat Diary because it's like, yeah, it's interesting to sort of see how he's a, a sort of adapted this sort of autobio slice of life subject matter and still given it a little bit of this horror characteristic that you still see in his horror stories. Like, uh... I think just reading reading a, sh- a short horror story by him and then reading Cat Diaries, I think that's an interesting experience. Um, let's do shout-outs. Okay. Um, I'm Jonathan. Uh, you can find my work at uh, phobos-comic.com. And I'm going to shout out On a Sunbeam by Tilly Waldron, oh. which I read recently, and it's fantastic. Doubling down on that endorsement, 10 out of 10. You can read it for free online. It's gigantic. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, she works straight to ink. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and she's Her like. Her so loose, I just assume, no, no, there's like quick pencils and then this. But, wow. And she's like 20. <laughs> she's done so many comics I already. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I love Dilly Walden. I'm Jam. Uh, you can find my work at wastedtalent.ca. And I'd like to shout out Unhealthy by Abby Howard and Sarah Searle. It is a really interesting comic that addresses uh, being fat and being in our society and what that means. Uh, And I found it really profound and really authentic, and I really liked it. All right. So I'm Jeff Ellis. You can find my work at jeffreyellis.ca. And I'm going to shout out Surviving the City by Tasha Spillett. It's one of the books I picked up at PrairieCon, and it's basically about two uh, Aboriginal teen girls uh, surviving life in Manitoba. Yeah, it was like a nice short little graphic novel. Yeah. I'm Nina, and as mentioned before, I drew Sparks for Scholastic, and it's written by Ian Boothby. It's about two cats that dress up in a dog suit to save people. And uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to, going with a theme of autobiocomics, Boomeries by Boom, a French-Canadian artist. It's a four-panel diary comic she's been drawing since uh, early comic day, and I believe since uh, 2011. And you can read about her life as she has two daughters and gets married and like her life as a comic artist. And she recently decided to end it in February 2020, so I just wanted to give her a shout-out. You can read that at boomeries.com. That's B-O-U-M-E-R-I-E-S.com. And it's in English and French. Uh, our next book is going to be the first volume of Monster by Naoki Urasawa. All right. Awesome. 
Okay. Oh man, I could talk about that. <laughs> you are you welcome to? to join us. Yeah. <laughs> the Trade Waiters is presented by Cloudscape Comics. Thanks so much to the Vancouver Public Library for letting us record in the Inspiration Lab and to Sleuth for the music. You can find us at tradewaiters.tumblr.com as well as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.